Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan, and you are listening to the Ben Is Now podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Hi, this is Rigor, host of Then Is Now podcast and The East Meets the West. I just wanted to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate your support as we grow the audience for our shows. You could find our links to our Patreon page as well as our T Public page at havenpodcasts.com. With Patreon, you'll get a lot of exclusive stuff, including our monthly pop culture newsletter, cool gifts, discounts for Tee Public, and our special exclusive show, Then Is Now Filmmakers series, in which we interview directors, producers, writers, composers, special effects guys, basically anybody who works behind the scenes in film and television and get their insights into the process of creating films and TV shows. Also at our Tee Public page, you'll find cool merch that you can get or even give to others as gifts. You can find those links at our website, or you can go directly to tpublic.com slash stores slash havenpodcasts and patreon.com slash thenisnowpodcast. Enjoy! What kind of a sick school is this? Things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Stand up to my little friend. I love to celebrate plum in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dang old man! Up your nose with you have the phone. What? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to another fun episode of Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, filmmaker Chris Esper. How's things, man? Uh, yeah, things have been good. It's been uh, kind of a crazy time. I just got back from uh, 
uh, Maryland this past weekend, going to a uh, film festival down there to see my short film Undertaker playing on the big screen. So that was that was quite a blast. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah. How about you? How's things been? Uh, things have been good. It's been good. It's been, you know, uh, it was nice and warm this past week, and now it was freaking freezing today. <laughs> you should have seen it down in Maryland. It was hailing one day that we were down there. It was just like, just like clouds just opened up and just hail just came down and hit all of us. It was like, whoa. Oh, that's funny. Came out of nowhere. We had but, that yesterday, uh, too, up here. Oh, really? Yeah, for like 10 minutes. It just hailed nonstop, and then it was done. That's so insane. I mean, I mean, you look at it, it's late March. It's like, come on. You know, it's like yeah. we want to see spring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. And I got this new toy. It's a um, lightning strike detector. And it's so cool because it goes off. And then, it, like, even my grandson's all over it. And he's like, oh, how many did we get this time? <laughs> we had, like, <laughs> 10 lightning strikes in the past two days nearby. But uh, we don't hear them because the thing measures up to 25 miles away. So it's really yeah. interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Where'd you get that? Uh, Amazon. <laughs> oh, cool. Very yeah. cool. It's an AccuWrite, and it was about 35 bucks. That's not bad. So it's pretty cool, yeah. And I, I'm not going to tell you today on today's episode uh, why I decided to get... Oh, that was it beeping. Oh, is it detecting? Oh, it wants me to move it around because it's unable to detect. Um, <laughs> on next episode, I think... I think I'll talk about um, why I decided to buy that. So first off, today, I wanted to make an announcement. Actually, Chris and I want to make an announcement. We've restructured our Patreon page to make it more affordable for people to support the show. So um, there's now just one tier instead of four, and it's only three bucks. That's right. For the price of a coffee, you can help support Then Is Now podcast because, you know, putting these podcasts up and on, on a weekly basis like we've been doing or at least attempting to do it in the last couple months, <laughs> um, it costs money. And if you guys could listening could like the show and you want more, please help support us. So instead of the four tiers we had, there's now just one. And it gives you access to some great stuff. Uh, you'll get our special filmmaker series of episodes that you can't hear anywhere else, where we talk to directors, writers, producers, you know, all kinds of behind-the-scenes people in film and television. And we've we've got one that we're going to post this week. So, Chris, who is on that episode? So we so this month we've interviewed television writer Ed Sherlock who has worked on tons of TV shows, including That Girl, The Odd Couple, Mork and Mindy, and so much more. On Patreon, you'll get 10% off our Public page, as well as the ability to submit suggestions for show topics and or guests that you would like to try us to book on the show. If your topic is discussed or a guest you suggest is booked, we will give you a shout out on that episode. Awesome, awesome. That's right. And every month, we're going to do a drawing for new members, and one lucky winner will receive a free copy of Sean Kanan's book, Way of the Cobra. And as longtime listeners, you may recall, we had actor, uh, director, producer Sean Kanan on the show in episode 53. He was the bad guy in Karate Kid 3, and he also played a character named A.J. Quartermain on General Hospital for several decades, and now he's got his show Studio City that he's produced, and, and I think he's directed... Uh, well, I think he's mainly producing, he's starring in. It's called Studio City. It's on Amazon. Um, so he's a really great guy, and his book is awesome. It's, um, you know, it, it 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 basically gives you tips on how to better your life, and not in a, a wacky or sappy kind of way. It's actual, you know, like one of them is 
get up an hour earlier than you normally would, and that'll help you get your day going better. You know, so there's a lot of great stuff in Way of the Cobra. So, you know, one lucky person every month will win a copy of that book. And also, we are going to read what we call our um, people on Patreon. They're pop culture patrons, and we're going to read every one of your names um, as you sign up to join Patreon. So please help support the show. It's super cheap, three bucks. You can't beat that. Again, only for the price of a cup of coffee. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, on to pop culture stuff. We talked about the new film, The Batman, last episode when Spencey was here. Um, and after that, I think after our, we recorded the Creature Double, uh, Creature Double Feature, Creature from the Black Lagoon <laughs> episode, uh, the wife and I took our grandson and her youngest son to see the movie Uncharted. Have you heard of this film? Uh, I don't think I heard of this one, no. It's an action movie uh, with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and Antonio Banderas. It was really good. I liked it. Um, It's one of these things that I had no idea going into it because um, her son picked the film. And it's not one that I would have picked, but it was good because, first of all, I didn't know anything about the film. In fact, it's based on a PlayStation game, which I found out just before the film. Huh. And it's sort of like this treasure hunt. These guys go on this quest to find this these keys that can open up these, um, I forget, they were like pirate ships that hid their gold somewhere in the world. So it's a globe-trotting, kind of an Indiana Jones-style thing, but takes oh, place fun. in the modern day. Yeah, it was fun. It was very fun. And it's one of those ones I probably would never have seen if I didn't see it in the theater. So yeah, I was glad I saw it. That's fun. Yeah, that's funny. I never heard of that one, but I like movies like that, so I should you know, find it and go see it. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny, too, because, like, now at the movie theaters, before the film, they'll play, they might play behind-the-scenes stuff of the film you're about to see, and they had Tom Holland, uh-huh. uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg talking, and Tom Holland's British, and I always forget that. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, that's funny. To oh, yeah, Spider-Man I... going, yeah, well, then we went down there, and this guy, he, right, he tried to kill us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture that now that you say that. I forgot he was, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look it up. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and actually, I'm going to retract something I said earlier. I'm going to tell you why I got the uh, the lightning strike detector today, because um, I wanted to tell you about my newest obsession. Have you ever heard of a place called Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, I assume it's something to do with Skywalker Ranch. It's nothing to do with that. No, no, it's not new to Star Wars fans. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a ranch in northern Utah. It's about 512 acres. And it is for like, I don't know, hundreds, if not thousands of years, it's been a hotbed of paranormal activity in real life. And there's uh, been UFO sightings, cattle mutilations, strange energy readings, you know, radiation, magnetism, like beams of light coming out of the ground and stuff. And it's just crazy. And um, so I guess there was a family called the Shermans and they owned it in the 1990s and they got fed up with all this stuff that was going on. There was even been poltergeist activity, people hearing voices, um, sightings of portals opening up. Uh, and, of course, the skinwalker is is a term used by Native Americans, and it's basically a werewolf. It's a person who can turn themselves into an animal. And so these things have also been cited. So long story short, I'll be brief, but I definitely think people should check out the show I'm about to mention. Um in the 90s, there was a family called the Shermans, and they bought the ranch, and they thought they were going to, you know, ranch cattle and do whatever people do on a ranch. Well, this this activity got so bad that they finally left, and they sold it to a guy named Robert Bigelow, who was a billionaire, 
and um, he's created he created a group called NIDS, which was like the National Institute for Defining Science or something like that. And he brought a team in. He had some government funding, and they went in for 20 years now, from 96 to 2016. They studied the ranch, and it got so crazy that they finally gave up and left. And I guess for some reason, because government funding was involved, most of their findings are top secret. Nobody knows everything that they did. Like some of the stuff has gotten out. Um, this is a documentary called The Hunt for the Skinwalker where a lot of information got out about the ranch. Um, so anyways, now we fast forward to the present. For the last couple of years, the History Channel with executive producer Ken Burns. You know Ken Burns, of course. Chris? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely know Ken Burns. Yeah, he executive produces this show. And it's, it's beautifully shot. It's well done. They've got a new team now. It's a, there's a new owner of the ranch. So Bigelow went on to, to – um, he created Bigelow Aerospace. So he's getting into, like, you know, spaceships and stuff. Um, yeah. So there's a new guy. I forget his name, but he's uh, he's made his money in real estate, you know, kind of a wealthy guy. And he's put this awesome team together that are now at the ranch, and they're studying it. And it's – when I say open to the public, I don't mean that people can go there. I mean, they're recording it and making a show out of it and, and airing it on the History Channel. And I actually caught it on Hulu. Both the first two seasons are on Hulu, and I think the third one's on its way. Um, mm-hmm. And it is some amazing stuff. It will freaking blow you away. I'm talking about a regular television crew catching UFOs, for example, on the camera. Um, and they got this guy, I don't know if you've ever watched any of the History Channel's documentaries, but this guy is an astrophysicist named um, Dr. Travis Taylor, and he's just awesome because he keeps going at this ranch with science. He got blasted with gamma rays for some reason at one point. He even had a, 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 it caused a growth on one of his fingers that he had to have removed. Well, the growth, not his finger. Um, like they'll do things like they'll try and launch rockets, you know, these small kind of rockets um, to see what happens. And they'll, they'll get like all of a sudden a UFO will just appear in the sky and then disappear. Um, huh. They had a cow that just dropped dead. And right above it, when they looked at the footage, oh, wow. when they looked at the footage, there was a UFO right above it. And then a frame later, the UFO was like, you know, a thousand feet to the left. Oh, wow. Uh, the readings they're getting, they're getting radiation readings, they're getting magnetic readings. And actually, they were testing the soil because they were starting to realize that, like, when they dug a hole in one place and stuck a, um, a measuring tape down it, all of a sudden the measuring tape swung to one side of it because it, the, the dirt was magnetized somehow. And oh. so they did this experiment where they, they uh, attached a, ca- um, you know, a power cable to... Um, uh, a well, like a, a well that that's a post that's going down deep into the ground. And then they yeah. put at the other end, 50 feet away, they put a, another post in that they, you know, hammered into the ground, a metal post, and tied mm-hmm. um, the other end of the, the wire to that. Then in between, they had a car battery and a voltmeter. And right off the bat, when they connected them all, the, um, the voltmeter went off. It was given off, like, a lot wow. of energy through the ground. So basically... With the exception of the battery in the equation, the ground conducts electricity too. <laughs> oh, like across fifty <laughs> feet, they were they were going to plug a flashlight into it to see if it worked, and one of the guys, his lightning detector went off every time they connected the wires, and that's what huh. made me realize, oh, there's such thing as a lightning detector. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to get uh. one. 
But that's funny. You've got to see. I mean, even just go on YouTube and t- it's oh, the show is called the the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. If you go on oh, okay. YouTube and just type that in, uh, a bunch of clips from the show will come up, and they'll absolutely have you hooked. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I don't really watch those History Channel documentaries much, like my father does. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, like Ancient Aliens. Right, right, right. I mean, honestly, the only thing I even remember or know about History Channel is the guy who's always in like every documentary on that channel and he's like a meme but he's got the guy with the crazy, crazy hair. hair yeah yeah <laughs> that that's probably the only reason i would go to watch it's just to see that guy because he's so expressive and that's so weird. funny that's what get funny <laughs> yeah i only recently i started i've been kind of getting back into you know paranormal and conspiracy stuff and uh I heard a couple of shows talking about Skinwalker Ranch, and then I realized, oh, there's an actual TV series about it. And it, it's really good because the thing that blows me away is the science that they get into. And it's it just gets scarier. It's like a realistic kind of scary. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going to happen next? You know, one guy had an injury. Literally, he was just using a bulldozer, and all of a sudden he came over sick went to the hospital and his skin on the top of his head had started to separate from his skull. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They even show, they show the x-rays of it. I mean, he's fine now and he's back and everything, but it, it's like, you know, you ever get hit on the head and you get a lump on your head. Sure. It was like that only larger. And it was right around um, where like you'd wear a yarmulke or a, you had a, excuse me, like a bald spot or something. It was right around there. Yeah. And it, it was just wow. crazy, and it, uh, it's just so good. Like, even just watch the clips on YouTube if you get a chance. It's The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And you might even recognize the um, Travis Taylor from, from the History Channel. I don't watch a whole lot of those documentaries. I, I've been catching alien, um, ancient aliens here and there, and it was really yeah. the, the Skinwalker show that got me into it because it, it's just so fascinating. Like, like, this is real shit that's really happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. Yeah, no, I got to check that out. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I, I binge watch them. I don't normally watch TV shows more than once, and I may actually go back and watch this again. So, yeah. well, that's it for me. What have you been watching, if anything? Uh, not a whole lot lately. I mostly, again, I mostly find myself rewatching stuff I'm familiar with just because, like, it's there. I know it's there. Like, uh, late, lately, I've been sort of going back and, uh, Rewatching, or should I say, studying uh, the films of uh, Michael Cimino, who did oh, you know nice. the deer, yeah, like the deer hunter yep. and uh, Heaven's Gate. Um, I like his work, and I like to like study it. And you know, he he didn't really have uh, a great career, as many know, because Heaven's Gate was such like a big flop at the time of its release that you know it closed down a studio. It yep. uh, well, almost closed down a studio, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so. That's sort of like his histrionic of it. I find very fascinating. But yeah, I've sort of been like rewatching and studying his film, sort of getting that creative bug for my own purposes when I make my next movie. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you need that as an artist to like sort of go back to the things that inspire you. And he happens to be a filmmaker that I enjoy watching. That's awesome. I haven't seen Heaven's Gate, but I hear that you really should, that it's an amazing film. It's not as bad as people say. I mean, it's like so... I mean, it's like three, it's like almost like four hours long. It's like three hours and like 37 minutes or something like that. So I mean, yeah, no, it's a long movie. Uh, And I can't say that it's like the most like thrilling or entertaining, but I mean, 
it's it, its reputation is far beyond what it actually is because it's actually a good movie. I mean, there's some nicely acted scenes. The the cinematography is some probably the best I've ever seen in any movie. I think it's gorgeous. Uh, but um, yeah, not nearly the uh, the flop that many would say. I think the problem was the reason that it became such a infamous bomb was because of the problems that were behind the scenes. The fact that it went over budget, um, which at the time the budget was $44 million. It ended up being, which is like nothing in today's market right, for movies. Right. <laughs> but at the, at the time it was the most expensive movie ever made. And the original budget when it started production was like seven and a half million dollars, which I mean, to go from that to 44, yeah, it's a huge leap. So yeah, <laughs> it's a, um, so yeah, I mean, so it was a lot of bit, a lot of that. The Michael Cimino banned press from coming to the set. So there's like talk that maybe perhaps the reason critics were so nasty to it and to him were because they weren't allowed access to the set. They weren't allowed any kind of press coverage. So it was almost almost like getting back in a hostile treatment. Oh, interesting. From, yeah. So I don't know. It's I I I think it's an interesting movie. Interesting, and I, I just looked it up. That's got an amazing cast: Chris Christopherson, Christopher Walken, yep. John Hurt, Sam Waterston, Brad Dourif, uh, Joseph Cotton, Jeff Bridges, yes. uh, Jeffrey Lewis, and Richard Mazur, who was in the thing. Oh my yeah. god, that's incredible! Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's, it's fantastic, and um, yeah, Jeff Bridges. He had worked with Chimino on the previous, uh, sorry, the first movie that uh, he had made, which was Thunderbolt to Lightfoot. It's a movie with oh, yeah. uh, Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood. Right. Uh, very fun movie. Um, and of course, Christopher Walken was in The Deer Hunter, yep. uh, which, you know, won Best Picture that year. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Interesting. Uh, you just reminded me, too. I saw a, um, we, my wife and I watched a movie on, I think it was made for Hulu. It was with Ben Affleck called Dark Water. And that was directed by Adrian Lin, who okay, yeah, I knew him from Jacob's Ladder, but I also I yeah. forgot some of his other films like, um, uh, uh, what's the one? <laughs> I can see the Glenn Close and um, D Michael Fatal Douglas. Attraction, Fatal, Fatal Attraction. Attraction, yes, yeah, yeah, he did that one and a couple of other good thrillers. Um, which, by the way, I don't want to get too much on a tangent here, but I'm sorry. Fatal Attraction. Michael Douglas is married to. Ann Archer, yes, who's beautiful, and then he has an affair with uh, Glenn Close, who is far from beautiful. <laughs> what, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> I always said that after walking out of the movie, I'm like, what the hell was wrong with him to begin with? I suppose it would have been no movie, but oh my god, but that's it, funny. Anyways, this movie Dark Water was like, I was like, okay, Adrian Lin, Ben Affleck. I didn't know anything else about it, but it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah. It was tense through the entire movie because you didn't know what was happening or why things were happening. And you kept trying to second guess it. And like I kept getting things wrong. And then it just falls flat in the end. Uh, <laughs> I looked yeah. at my wife. I was yeah. like, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, Adrian Lynn. You just reminded me. I just watched a documentary a few days ago about uh, the about the studio. Um, uh, what's it called? I'm going to get the name wrong. Uh, I think it's uh, Carlico Pictures. They were from like the 80s and 90s. It did a bunch of like action movies oh, like Rambo. Ca Carolco, yeah. Does it, does Carlico, it, thank you. I'm the, sorry. Terminator uh, films. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, there was a great documentary I found on YouTube about them and about how how they lost so much money because they put so how they lost so much money because they put so much money into their pictures. Like uh, Terminator Two was their most expensive at the time, and you know it's a really good, really good documentary. Oh, cool! I think I heard about that. I have to check that out too. I th- I think it's called Total Excess: the the rise and fall of well, the rise and fall of you know whatever the Terrible. company name is. Yeah. Thank you, Carlico. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, because I like I like those like those independent companies that existed then, like Canon, like Canon Film Group. You know, like they were big. There's a great documentary about them too. Oh, too funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I loved all that stuff too. Um, and it's actually funny that you brought that up because um, um, pretty soon on the show we're going to have Eric Eichelberger, who had created that documentary Exploit. This, you remember him? Yes, yes, yes. And um, we talked about all those, you know, fly-by-night distribution companies and and whatnot. So he'll be coming back in in a couple, in a month or so. So Very cool. Um, But for today, folks, we have a great guest. Um, uh, When we recorded this, of course, our schedule didn't work out. um, So Chris uh, wasn't able to make it. So I went solo. So uh, we're going to present to you an interview I did with an actor who's in a new independent horror film. And uh, we had a great conversation, so sit back and enjoy the show. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shop class. Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shop class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good. Sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! Go! Play and have fun now! Okay, folks. Today, we have a special guest on the show. A man who's been in theater and dance for the last few years and is now getting into filmmaking as an actor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Hunter Redfern. Welcome to the show, Hunter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Uh, (laughs) I am Hunter. I pronounced your name correctly, correct? (laughs) Right. I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Not many ways you can you can say hunter. Right. Um, but yes, thank yes, thank you. Awesome, Brad. awesome. Glad to have you here, man. So, yes, uh, one of the things we ask first time guests on the show is, how did you get onto the path of acting? Um, I've been in theater, show choir throughout high school, and after I got out of high school, I started doing theater and dance. I joined a dance group here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And eventually, you know, as I finished college, because I, I went to college for history, and <clears throat> after I got out of college, I'm like, you know what? Let's uh, let's start pursuing this. And you know, if if all this doesn't work out, I can just be a history teacher. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, it was always history teacher teaching has always been the fallback plan. So now it's a uh, the plan has been to get into film. It's just I've had certain uh people that have allowed me to be a part of their dance group and you know theater things and now i'm just trying to get into film since i've already got some of that stuff under my belt 
Awesome, awesome. So you have a lot of dance experience. Uh, how did that come about? Oh, to be to be honest, I'm not really a good dancer. I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, all I I'm I'm a the tall, handsome guy that picks people up in the group. <laughs> I'm I'm part of I'm part of a contemporary dance group. So you're Bobby and... to the sissy. Pretty much. <laughs> like, I don't know the reference, but oh. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's a Lawrence Welk reference. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, my show choir director in high school, after I got out of college, I, I uh, got in touch with them and I'm like, hey, um, do you know any uh, you know, modeling stuff? You know, because I didn't know what I was supposed to be asking. And he's like, yeah, um, I can help you out. Just, uh, you know, do you want to help me out with my... Uh, my dance group i'm like i don't know how to dance but sure he's like you're just gonna have to pick people up and throw them around i'm like sure i can do that and so one thing led to another i just got put in the group that's <laughs> and, awesome and uh now i'm doing this just uh auditioning i got my headshots and doing all this that's awesome. Well, it's good to be well-rounded, too, as an actor, if you can dance, mm -hmm. you know, and like when yeah. they say, hey, can you ride a horse? You got to be like, yeah, even if you've never been on a horse in your whole life. You know? uh, oh, I'm telling them that I've ridden, ridden a horse for years, yeah. even if I haven't ridden one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So speaking of dance, you made me think of this question because um, the first movie that came to mind um is actually the second movie that i should mention but um the sequel to saturday night live uh saturday night fever is uh -huh. staying alive which i really i think i'm the only person on the planet that likes that movie have you seen either one of those staying alive or saturday night fever i've seen saturday night fever it was a long time ago but the second one i didn't know there was a second one honestly yeah and... yeah i only watched it because the actress that's in it i'm in love with she's uh finola hughes she's on general hospital um, um, but yeah, it's funny because that's an interesting one because, um, like the first one, it was just all about the disco dancing, which I, the first one is a great movie. If people if listening at home, if you haven't watched Saturday Night Fever, you really need to. But the second one is now Travolta's character has kind of moved on and he's, he's dancing in these musical plays and he's trying he's to He's not a disco guy? He's not, not a disco not guy? Not the second one. No. no. Well, it was into the eighties now, so... Um, I guess they wanted to progress the character and it's just really it's it really is a fascinating story because he's he's uh, working with this chick who's kind of a jerk to him but then he turns around and he's a jerk to his girlfriend so it's an interesting story I don't think it's as terrible as, as people make it out to be mm. yeah I haven't really heard anything about that not heard anything about the movie but um yeah I've only seen the first one and I, literally, you're the first person to ever tell me that there's a second one. So. <laughs> well, I recommend it. And you know what? Sylvester Stallone directed it. Oh, is he a, is he a good dancer? I couldn't. No, I don't, I don't think Stallone dances <laughs> unless it's with a I gun. Have, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine Stallone being like, you know, my next movie I want to direct. <laughs> yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Too. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and it's funny because his brother, uh, Frank Stallone, did a lot of the music for it, which is actually not too bad, surprisingly. <laughs> Oh man! So, in terms of theater shows, uh, what theater shows have you worked on? Um, a lot of the uh, contemporary dance pieces we've had, I've actually played certain like characters. Since um, what we're a lot of the dances we've done have been like Black Lives Matter things. Um, the first one I ever did was a uh, that was part of the group was Black White, 
and I was pretty much playing the uh, racist white douchebag of the group. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he that's the, that's the first thing he even said to me. He's like, "Can you uh, play this racist white douchebag?" And I'm like, "Sure, sure, I can do that." <laughs> I'm like, "That's awesome." And uh, yeah, um, and a lot of things, um, like uh, we did one one. Uh, contemporary dance on the shootings at the uh, what's it called the pulse nightclub so we had to pretty much do getting a character for that and where we're all pretty much you know in a club setting and pretty much putting that through dance or letting that be known through dance so there's acting and dance needing to be um, uh, shown during that on stage interesting and in terms of theater, is there a, a play or dance that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, dude, I honestly, I'm a sucker for Rent because I, I did a, I was Roger in like a theater play and I bombed. <laughs> I didn't study my lines. I was just, I, I did one song Glory a bunch of times while at the gym, just like by myself, just singing one song Glory doing curls and i thought i was going to be amazing on stage but little did i know i had like eight other songs that i just mumbled through on the stage that's awesome and yeah if i could redeem myself i would that's hilarious uh but yes uh rent rents one of the ones I, and also the greatest showman i really like the greatest showman like uh oh i haven't seen that i i liked it that's the lot. hugh jackman a, movie right Yep, Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, you're wor- moving into film now, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Is there a, a film, aside from Rent, is there a film that you would like to do that would be sort of uh, a musical made into a film? Um, Honestly, not really. I, I, I'm more interested in, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but... I don't really know how to read music that well. Okay. And I, I feel like that's something that's really needed in something like, like going out for like auditioning for musicals. Like I know, I know I'm a baritone, but just getting, you know, the parts and, you know, being with casting directors and all the people that you have to talk to, to get a role. Right. Right. Like just not knowing how to read music will probably set me back a lot. So, so why I, would you have to read music yeah. if you're performing in it? Because if you're a if you're in a musical, a good portion of the uh, movie, I guess you could say, if it's a musical movie, yeah, uh, will be or at least the ones that everyone's going to be looking at or not looking at, but remembering is going to be the musical parts. You know, yeah. Especially plus, there's going to be a soundtrack to the movie that's going to be put out, and it's honestly not really something that. I'm interested in like singing. Like I, I like it, but I'd rather transform myself into a different character and act it out instead while not singing. <laughs> right, right. I know a lot of people that have have problems with trying to watch a movie that's a musical where you know it breaks into song and that's actually part of the dialogue of the film as well. Yeah, that they yeah. can't wrap their head around it. And I used to be like that until college. Uh, you know, back when I had a dinosaur, and <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, I took a course. I, I was minoring in film studies, and I took a course on uh, musicals in the cinema. And I came hmm. out loving them. I watched um, Everything You Need to Know About... Uh, no, what was it? Yeah, Everything You Wanted to Know About Business Without Even Trying. Um, uh, what were some of the other ones? Oh, of course, West Side Story and uh, Sound of Music. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. there was one other that I was just thinking of. I can't... Uh, it's not coming to my head right now. But yeah, I, I kind of came out really liking them, although I did not like... Uh, what was the one that came out a couple of years ago? Three, four, no. Shut no, it wasn't shut on. I was. Was it was it Les Mis? No. Oh, La La Land. Oh, I, I fell asleep through that. <laughs> Dude, a lot of people didn't like cats. Oh, really? Oh, I liked cats. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a lot of bad stuff about cats for some reason. That's interesting. <clears throat> so enough about musicals. Why don't you tell us about um, your work in film? Now, now you're currently working on a film, correct? Um, we actually just finished um finished up with the Wendigo. Oh, excellent! And excellent. Very excited about the Wendigo. Every dude, like the cast and crew of the Wendigo, were just so amazing. Like you couldn't ask for a better cast and crew. Like awesome, honestly. Now, is this your first film? Feature film, yes, yes. It has. It is my first feature film. Excellent. Which it's it's ironic because it's a found footage horror movie, and I've I've told people forever that my favorite genre of movie is found footage horror okay like i love it i just love like seeing or watching a found footage horror because it's mostly like a bunch of friends going to do something and i like to picture myself as a friend and then what 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 my friends are in the movie like you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly now it's interesting because i don't not like found footage films however when i saw blair witch project and there was another one made locally in Boston called Next Stop Wonderland um, and Cloverfield. All three of those, I got carsick in the theater really? watching the movie because of the shaky uh, cam. But the mm. one found footage film that I loved um, was uh, it was called Diary of the Dead. It was the uh, like the fifth, I think, uh, zombie film by George Romero, who did mm. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all those. And... Mm. He knew when to put the camera down. He knew when to not. It, so it wasn't shaky cam from the moment it started till the moment it ended. You mm. know, I've I've had bad experiences with them, which like, don't get me wrong. Cloverfield. I love the premise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cloverfield is my favorite uh, found footage. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. But it was shaky. Oh, it was shaky. Oh my bro. god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta like roller coasters if you want to yeah. watch that movie. <laughs> That's funny. So tell us about the Wendigo. What's what's it about? I mean, obviously there's a Wendigo involved, but <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much this uh, big influencer Tyler, who is you see him at the beginning of the movie. He uh, is going out there to explore the Wendigo myth, and he, in short, he goes up, goes out there and uh, gets ganked. And, oh, <laughs> and we think, and you know, we go out there to see if. Me, I'm, 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 I play the uh, character Jay, and there's a bunch of other influencers that pretty much go out to find Tyler because we we're friends with Tyler, and we think that you know he's just he's just messing with us. So we're like, okay, let's go, let's go find find Tyler, and uh, needless to say, needless to say, we get ganked. So. Oh God! <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> and. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But uh, 
but it, a lot of it is what I really loved about making this film and filming it is the director Jake has been amazing. Well, it was amazing. And everyone who's the cast, 80% of the uh, film, we improved. Oh, wow. And it's we were able to do that because all of us just clicked well together. Yeah. And we were able to, instead of just have this based dialogue that we had to remember and, you know, these cues to do things we everything just came more naturally since we were able to just improv everything that's great you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome and so so obviously the director gave you kind of free reign to do with what you wanted with the character yes what's funny is the director was actually one of part of the cat or part of the uh cast like oh, he's a, nice. uh, and it's nice because he was able to uh his camera um, I think since because his camera was so good and he's experienced in holding a camera because I, I actually was holding a different camera than him and there'll be some of my shots in the film, but his camera there'll be not a lot of shaky cam which is going to be good for you people like you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> now, do you find is there like because um, more than one character has a camera? Um, do you happen to know in the in the post production process when they're putting it together? Do you have way more footage than the average film does that you've got to kind of cut together? I would I would assume so. the The biggest problem I had or that uh, I feel would be is from me. Whenever I was filming, since I'm I'm an actor, I don't really, you know, I don't know the film. I don't know the shots. I don't know how like. And I'm also acting at the same time while I'm recording. Right. A lot of the stuff that I filmed was um, neck to belt. So I didn't get anyone's face. <laughs> and like, dude, there are a few shots that I forgot to turn the my, my camera's mic on. So we had to one morning, one uh, or morning to just middle of the day, we had to do so many reshoots because my camera was just... Oh shit! That, yeah, <laughs> which when you only have four to five days to film, it was a it was a little stressful. That's hilarious! Oh my so, god! So now you said, uh, yeah, oh go ahead, sorry, no go ahead. Um, but along with the uh, the all the footage, we have footage from um one person's camera on their phone. We have my footage on the camera I was holding. We have camera from uh, Jake's camera, which is he plays TJ. And um, we have uh, trail cams, so all that put together, and and uh, Tyler's camera on his phone. Oh, interesting. So wait now, so um, back up for a second. So the trail cams now are those ones that you guys put there, and is it worked into the story that oh yeah, hunters come through here and they put up trail cams, or um, it it, it works in the story. I don't want to give away too much, oh, okay. but it, yeah, it, yeah. it it works with the story. Okay, awesome. Definitely, that's cool. And now you guys were shooting out in the woods, correct? I assume. Uh, yes, we uh, we actually rented a campground for about a week or five days to a week, and we got to stay on campground. They fed us. We all got to eat together, even though we only had like four hours of sleep each night. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely grueling at times. I'll tell you that. At that point, though, I would imagine it's it, even though it's grueling, there's still got to be an element of fun to it because. You're all 100%. doing it together. It's not like, oh, I got to get up and go to the office mm -hmm. or I got to go, you know, yeah. turn the cash machines on or, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe grueling wasn't a good word. More of um, at times it was, you know, you feel it and then you're like, oh, I got to get another energy drink. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like I probably had 25 monsters while we were there. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that's hilarious so now you said this was your first feature had you done short films before this ironically no <laughs> like i got really lucky with this with this uh, jake actually signed me on to be uh in his next film which is really nice because uh, during filming i was so stressed out to making sure that i was you know acting well and he kept on reassuring me, yeah, yeah, you're doing good. You're doing good. Do not worry. You're doing great. I'm like, okay, okay, just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So your first ex experience in front of the camera, now you've coming from a stage background, whether it's a theater or, or dance or what have you, um, how did you sort of uh, mentally approach it going into it, having never been in front of the camera before? Hmm. I had a, I had been in acting like I've, I'm taking acting classes right now, so I know what it's like to be in front of a camera. And also, when it comes to stage, whenever you get anxiety, um, I've pretty much trained myself to whenever I, I'm about to get on stage, the feeling of anxiety is the same thing as when you're like excited about something, when you're anxious about something. Right. And so. Every time I feel anxiety or I feel myself getting anxiety, I'm pretty much like forcing my body to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm excited. Not, not, I'm, not, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. <laughs> and so I, get, I just get really excited before I get on camera, to be honest. That's awesome. And yeah, that's pretty much how I deal with it. Um, and also just getting into character. Um, luckily, the character that I play isn't really far off from me. And I definitely added some aspects of my personality into it. Nice. So... It was definitely a lot easier, especially because, you know, it's found footage. So you're not doing like, you know, a take of two people doing like or one shot of uh, both people, one shot of just one person or, and the, or the other person. And it's pretty much one fluent sort of uh, natural thing since you're not you don't have you're not really. The characters know the camera's there is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. That's awesome, dude. That's so cool. You know, it's funny. Like, I have no problem speaking in front of people as long as I'm prepared and I know what I'm going to speak. But if, like, we go to a, a comedian and he pulls me out of the audience, I choke. Forget it. I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, like, I, I do a stand-up, like, open mics. Oh, okay. So I think, I think that's really helped me, too, especially with improv. Like, I think that he, Jake actually got me into his... Of next movie as comedic relief oh, as nice characters because of you know just just the improv and just being able to naturally just flow that's awesome have you ever watched uh whose line is it anyway oh yeah oh yeah that's awesome yeah i, I watched mm -hmm. that back in college when it was the british version on comedy central mm. oh dude which still had colin and ryan on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, dude. There's not much on Comedy Central anymore, unfortunately. Like, yeah, there's just not much. Yeah, I haven't watched that in recent times. Um, so, do you have any? Are there any people that you have that have inspired your career? Um, are you talking about um who I look up to in terms of like other fame, like pretty much famous actors? Yeah, like you I... watch Star Wars and you're like, oh my god, Mark Hamill's awesome. I want to be just like him or. Harrison Ford, I think, or I think a lot of the uh, 
I really like Chris Pratt, dude. Like Chris Pratt is just his personality just makes me just want to emulate it. Like, nice. cause any, any situation, the dude's just a positive guy. Yeah. Like any, in any interview, every character, just a positive, funny guy. And that's one, get one person that I really want to, like I said, emulate. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and so what kind of films do you enjoy? Now you said you, you like um, found footage films. Are you a horror fan? I would say I'm a horror fan. Like I'm definitely down to, I'm down to clown with some horror, but <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm, let's see, I, I'm down for some musicals, but not all of them. Um, it's got to be a good premise behind the musical, like Greatest Showman. I really like that. Comedies, definitely, because, you know, I'm a comedian. And right. also stand-up comedy. I mean, if, if you want to count those as movies, I love watching stand-ups, dude. Well, like, yeah, I mean, like Richard Pryor had the stand-up movie, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Delirious, I think. Do you? What comedians do you like? Uh, I haven't listened to a whole heck of a lot of new ones. I mean, I go back to, you know, uh, well, of course, Eddie Murphy and, uh, Stephen Wright and Emo Phillips, all those guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, Henny Youngman. I mean, I go way back on a lot of these comedians. <laughs> um, but the newer ones, who's the, the dude, classics. who's the dude, I can't think of his name now. And I, I know he's got like a TV show or a podcast or something. He's got red hair and he does the uh, whole routine. Bill Burr. Uh, it no, it's not Bill Burr. Red hair, yeah. Top? No, is not Car- top? oh, definitely not Carrot <laughs> Top. No, <laughs> dude, everyone shits on Carrot Top. It's so funny. I just find him annoying, but I can appreciate his humor. You know, <laughs> what, what I think is hilarious about Carrot Top is he's in interviews. He said, "Like, dude, uh, I think uh, he was interviewing or talking to Sean White, which he Sean White's the." Uh, the snowboard, the famous snowboarder with a also with red hair. Okay. And Sean White had asked Carrot Top if he should cut his hair. And Carrot Top's like, do it. You need to do it. I, you can. I can't. This is my brand. <laughs> if I cut my hair, I'm nothing. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, it's the guy who does the routine about the hot pockets. And he's like, why would you eat those? He's like, they should just change the name. Diarrhea Pockets. Jim Gaffigan? Yes, Jim Gaffigan. That's the guy. Uh, he, he just had a special that just came out. <laughs> good one. That's Dude, good he, is, oh, he is hilarious. He's one of those comedians that a lot of comedians actually look up to. Oh, that's a, awesome. He's been in the game, and he's also really clean, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Uh, the other one is, um, oh, my God. You put me on the spot now, and I'm, I'm choking. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you go, bro. We we just talking. That's, who's the guy? Brian Regan. I love Brian Regan. Yeah, my voice just cracked. <laughs> I, think, I think I just hit puberty. You can re <laughs> say that in a, a deep voice there. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, dude. Uh, oh, speaking of deep voices, there's a dude on set. Um, Jake, the director's uh, cousin. This dude's 15 years old. Got a 30 year old voice. Oh it's God. insane. <laughs> That's awesome. This dude walked in. Walked into the trail. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm like, dude, do you have a voice changer installed in your trachea? Like, what's going on? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Brian Regan's great a great guy, one. Though. He's the one that I always quote him because I've done it myself. Where he goes, you know, don't you love when the the waitress gives you your food and goes, "Have a good dinner," and you go, "You too." <laughs> <laughs> With a cab driver drops off at the airport, have a good trip. You too. 
man. So, um, so you like um, you like comedy films? You like um, like how far back do you go in terms of com- like? Can you appreciate comedies from the fifties and sixties, or do you just don't yes, go there? Yes, um, I one comedian I've watched a lot is Rodney Carrington, and he's like a, I get I get no respect. Oh, Rodney like, Dangerfield. That's what I meant to say, Rodney Carrington. I think that's a different comedian. No, I think it's a country singer. I think it's a fucking country <laughs> singer. Hey, dude, I like Rodney Carrington, too. You're not giving him no, any Rod- respect there. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. Damn, I fumbled that ball. <laughs> but um, but Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, Mitch Hedberg's great, yeah. Um, hmm, The guy who screamed. Ah. Oh, Sam Kinison. Yep. Yep, yep, him. Yeah. Rest in peace. Those guys oh, are so good. I mean, Richard yeah, Pryor yeah. was great. You know, I hate to... Well, I don't hate to say it. I feel bad saying this, but Bill Cosby's early routines are hilarious. I have all his LPs. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, just... There's, there's a thing, like, yeah, there's Bill Cosby, but separating his comedy from him, like, it's a touchy subject, but his his uh, comedy specials were good. His uh, personality... Definitely not a uh, one to be emulated. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you, one of those situations where you have to separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, what's the name? The guy who peed on people. What was the name? <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, Marilyn, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I was just. I don't, I don't think anyone it. complained about that. <laughs> oh, I forgot his name. I don't it's gonna, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna destroy me. Um the guy who got in oh, whatever. <laughs> well you've heard you know Danny Thomas? Oh uh, Danny I do not. Oh, okay. He's a famous comedian from like the fifties and sixties and seventies and um he his daughter is Marlo Thomas. She was on a TV show called That Girl and she got pretty famous. But anyways, the rumor is that Danny Thomas used to do this thing where he would get a bunch of prostitutes into his hotel, or I don't know if it was his hotel or his house or whatever, and he had a glass coffee table, and he would lie under it, and they would climb on top and take a shit on it. <laughs> and he would watch and get off on that. Damn, dude. <laughs> and he, I think he was on a show called Make Room for Daddy or something. <laughs> yeah, Make Room for Some Feces. Right. <laughs> this show should be called. It's R. Kelly, by the way, the guy, the guy who I was. Talking oh, about. I have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Is he like oh. a rap star or something? He's a. I think he's. I think he's in jail now. But he's definitely. A, <laughs> he definitely. A, I think he peed on a fifteen-year-old girl oh, while on stage. God. I mean, I mean, dude, when you gotta go, no, I'm just <laughs> turn away from the audience. <laughs> yeah, <for> real. He's like. <laughs> Uh, they should have a porta potty on stage for, right. for the for the singers and rappers. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! <laughs> oh man. So, uh, <clears throat> as an actor, as you're moving into film now, um, do you have something in mind that you're looking for in a director? Um, not really. Um, I honestly see. I mean, obviously, someone who's good to work with. But if you're, let's just say, um. I know Quentin Tarantino. Um, I saw an interview with Jamie Foxx or Jamie Foxx uh, talking about how pretty much um, when he was uh, filming Django that Jamie Foxx was coming into the role like in his first few scenes, like 
all cool and all that. And then Quentin Tarantino like took him aside after a bunch of takes and was like, you're not, you're not cool. You're not cool yet. You're a slave. And, and <laughs> pretty much, pretty much yelling at him. And then Jamie Foxx fixed it. And then uh, the guy who was interviewing Jamie Foxx was like, how did you feel about that? He's like, I was completely fine with it. Like, that's, that's just him directing. So I'm, I don't really have a problem with somebody like, you know, telling me I'm doing something wrong or telling me what I'm doing isn't their vision. Right. Because, you know, I'm just the actor. I'm just trying to be do what the director's telling me to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've heard Rob Zombie is an amazing director to work with. We had um, we had Dee Wallace on the show, you know, the mother from E.T. And she was in Cujo. And in fact, I think she was in. Yeah, she was in. uh, Was it the Devil's Rejects? No, it might have been three from hell. uh, Zombies Mm -hmm. third film in that trilogy. And um she said he was just a wonder to work with. Like he really kind of like had you do it the way it was written and then said, okay, why don't you do it your way and see what happens? You know, I heard Rob, dude, I hear so many good things about Rob Zombie that he's just a great guy. Yeah. Which is funny because now people are all shitting all over the fact that he's doing the monsters. They're like, he's going to fuck it up and all this stuff. I'm like, no, give him a chance. You know, I think it's going to be good. <laughs> people said Robert Pattinson was going to screw up Batman. Look oh at him now. God. Did you see Batman? I did not. Oh, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of good things. I, I was supposed to see it yesterday, but I slept in. I won't spoil it, but I saw it over the weekend, and I have to say it's no. All right, let me preface this. You can spoil you. it. You can spoil it. You good? Well, I, I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but um, okay. I, I I saw Batman nineteen eighty nine when that first came out with Michael Keaton, and mm-hmm. I saw it five times in the theater. It took me five times to realize I oh fucking hated that movie. Um. Mm. I thought the Christopher Nolan Batmans were were good. They were great because they took Batman to the next level. They made it more realistic and more darker and all this stuff. And he could actually turn his head and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This one takes all that Christopher Nolan stuff and bumps it up a notch. Batman is fucking nice. scary in this movie. Nice. It's darker and grittier and just way off the charts from the last one. Oh, and more realistic, in my opinion, in terms of... Again, not giving anything away, but like in the Christopher Nolan ones, he's working on things like I need something to help me jumping large spaces, like from building to building. I need a a car that can do the shit. And it's like that was cool and that was kind of realistic. But now when you look Mm -hmm. back after watching this new one, you're like, oh, wow, that's fantasy. This is actually very realistic because Batman's not perfect. He makes mistakes. Shit happens to him when he uses his grappling hook. You know, it's I highly Mm -hmm. recommend this movie. It's very good. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, everyone's recommended to me. Um, I've heard like one person say bad thing about it, and it's it's the type of person like I don't value their opinion. So <laughs> like on on anything else. So whenever they said that, I'm like, yeah, that's they usually have the wrong opinion. So I'm like, all right, so this is gonna be a good movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> So in, in talking about directors and what you may be looking for in a director, do you think, in, in your opinion, do you feel that maybe directors should study acting along with their craft in filmmaking? Um, I think if they have a vision for a, a movie or a film, short film, whatever, if they have a vision that they have, I don't think they necessarily need to... I mean, yeah, it definitely would help, but... <clears throat> If they are wanting a certain thing and they know what they want, it's up to the actor to kind of hit or for them to tell the actor, like maybe studying that so they can tell the actor what to do. 
but I don't know if it's completely necessary. Um, just storytelling and you know getting the shots in. I mean, but I'm I'm no film director, so I don't I'm not <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you know? see that in your future someday? Distant future. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say distant future. Distant future, I'd like to. I already write a little bit. And maybe in, in the distant future. But right now, I really need to get my repertoire up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what drew, drew you to the script of the Wendigo? Um, honestly, I was looking at NC, NC Filmmaking and Casting. And they said, uh, or Jake had posted, which is the director, uh, 25 plus, or uh, 23 to 29 or 23 to 30. And um, influencer type, YouTuber type, and somebody who, you know, was a YouTuber, I guess. And that was pretty much what he said, male. And I'm like, okay. Let's let's see. I'll I might as well message him. I messaged him. He got back up with me with like two hours later. I was out with my girlfriend at a Mexican restaurant and he wound up Facebook calling me. And I told my girlfriend one second business call. And I had <laughs> I got up and walked out. And he was like, Hey, can you do an audition today in about an hour? And I'm oh, like, Yeah, let's do it. Send me the script. And he sent me the script. I went back to my girlfriend, I was like, we got to go. Let's get this to go. <laughs> and cited the script in the car, did the, did the audition, and they wound up really liking me, thankfully. And it just, apparently this uh, film was in the works for about two years. And I got on the last three weeks before they started filming. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah, it's just a, just a really big stroke of luck. I'm just, you know. Good for Very you. Very lucky. That's so cool. That's so cool. And did you like when you applied for it? How did how, what was your attitude? Were you like, yeah, if I get it, I get it. I don't care. And you kind of put it out of your mind. And then all of a sudden you got the call or were you kind of like hoping, hoping against hope that you would get this one? Um, there's probably more hope because it, it was found footage horror. So I was like, oh, dude, if I really got this. Oh, my God. I feel pretty good. And the fact that I did get it and it's like my first feature film like it. It's honestly very special to me that I that I got this. Nice. And whenever I did apply for it, um, you know, when you when you apply for something, at least for me, you know, you kind of just put in the back burner until like you hear something back. But right after I gave my audition and I, you know, got off the Zoom call and because it was a Zoom audition, <clears throat> like. 15 minutes later, they sent me a message back and it was like, Hey, um, we want you back in. We really like you. Like, can you do something else for us? And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I was like, Oh God, this is actually might be, might be something. <laughs> and I did the second, second, a uh, second take or second audition. And then I left, I left the room. I was like, all right, girlfriend wanted to go out somewhere. I'm like, give me a second. <laughs> then I get another call like five minutes later, like, hey, you got the part. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. And here I am on your podcast about three months later or two months later. Nice. Nice. How long was, was the shooting? Like five days. Oh, wow. Yep. That's awesome. But we, st- we stayed there overnight and 
Yeah, like you said, you only yeah. you only slept four hours a night. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. Any idea? I mean, I know you said you just finished um, filming. So, any idea what their time frame may be for the release? Official trailer should be out within two weeks. Um, the movie is going to be put into festivals um, right before I think I think around September, October. You know, for the you know for the all the Halloween movies and Dread Central actually just put a piece out for us on their uh, Facebook page. Oh, if you nice. know what Dread Central yeah, is, yeah, of course. And um, that that's a uh, that's really cool. And it, also, we miss. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was like, I'm gonna send you. I can send you a link if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah uh, when the trailer comes out, definitely. Um, we'll we'll post the Dread Central article, and then when the trailer comes out, send me the link for that too. Okay. And uh, we'll promote that. Um, yeah. Here, I just put that in the chat. I'd love to have um, you know, have everyone back on. I know you and I uh, briefly earlier talked about having other people on. Love to get the director and and you know anybody else that's interested. We'll get you guys together, sort of maybe a couple weeks before it premieres. Now, is it okay. is it going theatrical? Do you know, or are they going straight to streaming? It's all up in the air right now. Yeah, like I know there there are some distributors looking, but also you know the film festivals are going to have a lot of eyes and big big uh big eyes. They're gonna have, <laughs> <laughs> gonna have big eyes on these uh, <laughs> big eyes looking, and so. Um, I'm pretty sure the director wants to weigh his options before choosing something. Right. That makes sense. So right now, like people definitely or distributors definitely want it. But I know, I know one of them said that this could be our generation's Blair Witch. So oh, wow. that's good. It's good to know. It's good to know you have some, uh, some, some praise before it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. I got to ask you, you know, talking about um, uh, found footage films, you made me think of, have you seen, and you must have if you're a found footage fan, the granddaddy of all found footage films, Cannibal Holocaust? Uh, dude, I've heard about it. I've heard, I have heard that it was, it was the found footage film before found footage, footage was films. even Exactly. Band. Yeah. You have to see it. It's yeah, disturbing. It was banned. It was banned in countries everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. And hmm, what is like the director had mentioned it to me a little bit because we, me and him talked about found footage for a little bit before we even like got on set. Okay. Um, it's an Italian ha- film. It's directed by a guy named Ruggiero Deodato. And it's basically this group goes into the jungle to film stuff and they encounter cannibals. And so the resulting mm. film is another group went in to find them and finds the footage. No pun intended. They, find the footage and come back and piece it together as the movie that we see. So Yeah, dude, it was made in 1980. I, I definitely want to see this. Like yeah. it, looked, it seems really cool. It And was it uh what did you think about it? Oh, I <laughs> I, I rented that when I was a teenager, a buddy of mine and I his his sister rented us a shit ton of rated R movies and that was one of them and I never forgot it and I own it on DVD now. I I freaking I want to say I love it. I don't love it in the way that I love, like, say, Dawn of the Dead, because Cannibal mm. Holocaust, like, there's, there's some shit in it that's really nasty. Oh, is <laughs> like, it? You can't, you can't unsee. But mm. I, I still think, I mean, if you're a found footage completist or a cannibal film completist, it's definitely the one to see. 
You know, there's other ones. There's like Make Them Die Slowly, which I think is also known as Cannibal Ferox and uh, a bunch of other of these kind of similar films. But this one, and it was just funny because when I went to see the, the Blair Witch Project and everyone was going, oh, found footage, found footage. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I had to think about it. I'm like, Cannibal Holocaust was a found footage film. Why is everyone thinking this is the first kind of this film? Mm. You know, it's just, you know, people forget things and nobody, you know, mm-hmm. stuff falls out of the pop culture, which is the whole point of the show is to remind people that there's stuff that came before. And, you know, there's a reason why yours, the stuff you like is cool is because the stuff that came before it is super cool, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, dude, check that out. Maybe, maybe I'll tell you what, if you, uh, maybe in the next month or two, if you watch this movie, you can come back on the show. I'll watch it too and, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, dude, let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. That'd be great. I'm going to write that down in my notes right here. Cannibal <laughs> um, Holocaust. Because I honestly, Gore doesn't really bother me. I watched, uh, I went backpacking in the UK. And before I went backpacking, I watched all the hostels. So, <laughs> so, be- so before I stayed in hostels all around the UK, I wound up watching all the hostel movies. Oh, good God. That would make me not want to go to a hostel. Uh, dude. <laughs> Dude, it got a little, it got a little sketchy at times. I'll tell you that. That's but funny. um, there's, there's three no. movies in my adult life that, like, when I was a kid, I was terrified. I love my my parents loved horror movies, and I saw all the horror movies. I was terrified through every one of them. The first horror movie that I wasn't scared of ever was John Carpenter's The Thing from '82, mm. which is a classic. You've seen it, I yeah. assume, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Now, the first film in my adult life that scared the shit out of me was called uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer with Michael Rooker who you may know as mm. Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, mm. That movie's about a couple serial killers, and it's just terrifying. Like, a buddy of mine and I, we were probably in our early 20s, went to see it, and we were terrified to walk to the car. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> then another Dang. friend of mine and I, a few years later, we rented a movie called The Descent about these women that go cave exploring, and we screamed like schoolgirls through the whole thing. <laughs> I think I've seen that movie. This time. Yeah, yeah. It's like they go down in these caves and then there's yep. like uh, these creatures down there. Ooh. And then one I saw when it came out, uh, at least when it came out on, on video or streaming or whatever, um, that I will never, ever, ever watch again. It's called The Human Centipede. Oh, yeah, dude. It took me two nights to watch that, and both nights I had nightmares. And I'm like... It's my favorite movie. Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, hey, every movie is somebody's favorite, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember um, I was uh, I was talking to... I was on another podcast. I forgot what it was. Yeah, I was on the Wicked Horror Show. And... um. They were like, hey, what actually, what found footage movie got you into found footage? I'm like, oh, two girls, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude was like, uh, Angel was like, oh, the, yeah, that's a cult classic. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh. That's so good. Well, dude, um, this has been amazing. So glad to have you on and would love to have yeah, you on again. Awesome. Like we said, talk about Cannibal Holocaust and whatever else you mm-hmm. want to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Batman if you've seen it by the time you get on the show. Oh, uh, yeah, I probably will. That'd be I will. awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Batman. can you tell the folks where to find you online? Um, at the Hunter Redfern on Instagram. Um, definitely support the the Wendigo page on Facebook. Um, I think it's just the Wendigo. <laughs> Let me the find Wendigo? The, okay. Uh, yeah. You want me to send you the link? Yeah, if you send me the links, I can put them in the show notes. The Dread Central link I had already sent. Um, the Wendigo cool. link is right there. Awesome. 
And yeah, um, the teaser trailer is already out, but oh, nice. within a few weeks, within a few weeks, the uh, <clears throat> um, official trailer will be out probably by the before the end of the month. Right. It's going to be really nice. There, speaking of the Wendigo, there was a movie that had Wendigo in it as the monster. Antlers? No, it was oh. with, um, of course, I can't, my brain is on hold tonight. It's the dude that was, um, he was in the remake of The Time Machine. He was the main character. Mm. He was in one of the Iron Man films. He wasn't Justin Hammer. He was, um, he was like Tony mm. Stark's old com- college friend, Guy Pierce. And the film that he was in that I'm talking about is, oh, from it's quite, quite a while ago, Ravenous. I remember from the trailer for that movie, that's from 1999, and, oh my god, the guy that plays um, Damien Dark on The Flash is in this. Um, huh. and there was a scene in it where, I don't know, something happens and one guy goes, he was licking me! Because, <laughs> because he was going to eat him. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my God. Robert Carlyle and David Arquette. I'm going to have to go back and watch this again. I love this cast, and I haven't seen this in ages. But it's um, in, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century. Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission, which takes a dark turn when they're ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. Mm. And spoiler alert, I think the cannibal is a Wendigo in this. Ooh. So, What's the name of it? It's called Ravenous from 99. Yeah. Space 1999. Oh, that's a reference you probably didn't get either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a sci-fi show from the 70s that was really good. But anyways, dude, glad to have you on the show. And yeah, it was fun. Uh, like I it said, we'll have you back again in the future. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, what would you think of Hunter Redfern, man? Uh, yeah, that was fun to listen to, and I'm actually looking forward to uh, uh, seeing it. I'm not the biggest fan of the found, found footage horror movies, but there are a few that I like. Uh, there's actually one that Bobcat Goldwith uh, had made called uh, Wolf Creek, I think it's called. Uh, I think that's what it was oh, called. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that one's a good one. So, like, if it's anything, you know, sort of like that, I'm definitely up for seeing it. Uh, but yeah, it sounded... Sounds like a very interesting take on that genre. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it, but, you know, as you heard on the uh, on the uh, interview, I'm not a fan of, of found footage films because I get motion sick when I watch them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think Cloverfield's a brilliant movie. It's Godzilla from the point of view of the panic room, but I cannot ever watch that movie again because I literally got up and almost puked in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I feel like I feel like most people are sort of desensitized to it too because of the Blair Witch Project, you know, because like people, like that movie came out and it was just like, you know, uh, the floodgates open and suddenly everyone started to imitate it and it became just like old stuff. But like, I don't know. I think there's a few good ones here and there. Yeah, and that got me sick too because um, I saw that in the theater as well and I almost did you? Yeah. yeah, and I I just <laughs> didn't like that movie either. I didn't I. I don't know. I had a lot of problems with the story in that movie. It might be one to revisit at some point, although I don't think I yeah. can. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so let me retract. It's actually called Willow Creek. That was the Go With movie, not not Wolf Creek. Willow oh, okay, Creek. right, because Wolf Creek's like an Australian horror movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, folks, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check out the film Wendigo that Hunter's in, and we will actually let you know when and where it's available. We'd love to hear from you and give us your opinion on the show. You can send your feedback to thenisnow42 at gmail.com. You can also join in the conversation at our Facebook Then Is Now podcast group. That's right. And That Is Now podcast is a proud member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So be sure to check out other great shows there at the Network.com. You can find me at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Stories in Motion. Or you can look on my website, which is storiesmotion.com. You can also visit our website at havenpodcast.com, where you'll find our sister show, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and Spaghetti Western movies. And while you're there, check out the Patreon and Public links to get some exclusive stuff. That's right, folks. And Then Is Now is on YouTube, so please visit youtube.com slash user slash UncleDeath1 to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also share the video versions of our podcast with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. Don't forget to go wherever you download your podcasts from and please leave us a great review because that way more listeners can find us. The the more five-star reviews we get, the more we get bumped up the list of recommendations. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the big three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Class dismissed. podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com